we need the anointing of God. The anointing is that divine enablement of the Holy Ghost or the power of God to operate and function in our life. And some of us men need the anointing of God on our life to really be our father. We need the anointing of God in our life. Some of us business people, we need an anointing. You can go through the motion, and I don't want to go through the motion. You should want to be anointed. You're listening to the Anointed Leadership Podcast with Terry Lynn Scott. Subscribe today to start cultivating more leadership anointing in your life. Now here's your host, Terry Lynn Scott. Hey everybody, welcome to the Anointed Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Terry Linscott, and I am just so grateful that you're joining me today and that you took a few minutes of your day to listen to some content that I've created. If this is adding value to you, if you'll do me a favor, hit the subscribe button, leave me a review, uh, and give me a rating of five stars would be great. I appreciate that. And lastly, if this content is adding value, if it is helping you in your life, Uh, Just share this with anybody that you can think of that it may add value to them, that they may help them in their area and expertise in life. Uh, I would just greatly appreciate that. Today we're, we're finishing up our episode on being number two and enjoying it. The being the second person in charge or second in command and enjoying it. We talked about it the last episode and and uh, I would just challenge you if you haven't heard that, go back and listen to that now before you follow through in this episode as you can get caught up with a lot of different things. In that I shared about my personal story, where I've come from about being number two and the le- some of the key lessons that I learned uh, on how to be number two and be effective and enjoy it and never want to really be number one. Uh, Today I am the senior minister, senior leader, senior pastor at Abundant Life Church. I spent 20 years as the number two person here. I never desired this position, but now that I'm here, I understand a lot more for the people that are underneath me and how to relate to them. In essence, being number two for 20 years taught me how to be a better number one, I believe. Not better than somebody else, but a better version of number one of Terry Lenscott. I'm not comparing myself, not competing with you, not competing with my leaders, just being a better leader all around because I learned some very uh, practical and valuable principles about being number two and what that looks like. I'm just going to recap. Last week, last episode, we talked about two uh, of the five things that I've learned about being number two and enjoying it. Number one, how to be effective at number two. Number one, you have to help the senior leader understand their role. You got to real help them understand. You got to clarify their role for them, which then will clarify your role for you. The senior leader's role should be the one of the overall vision. The valuable things that they should be doing is, is generating strategy, uh, progressing the overall vision, casting vision, pointing the direction, dealing with high value budgets and strategies and signing off on those types of things, but not the day-to-day operations. Too many senior leaders are bogged down by day-to-days when they should be focusing on the overall. Where are we going in the next six months? Where are we going in the next year? How do we generate that, that flow and that vision and that drive for the overall? The second person in charge must manage that day-to-day operations. And the second thing we talked about last week or last episode was to be a problem solver, not a problem creator. You have to take the weight off of the plate of the senior leader 
to to bring you know when, when there's a problem when there's an issue you create problems with the leader when you ask them to do your job when you're asking for recommendations to fix things rather than presenting recommendations last episode i talked about the iir effect is the issue the impact and the recommendation when you tell the leader what the issue is Here's what's the impact of it, and here are my recommendations. That's a problem solver. That I, If I'm the senior leader, I don't have to think now. I can choose which one of these recommendations from my second person, the trustworthy individual that I'm paying that has re- recommended to me because they've done the research, they've sought it out, they know the temperature of our overall workforce. They know where our vision's going. They know what the organization is doing. And so they should have a, have a good hold or handle on what we should be doing in the recommendations uh, side of it. So you're creating a problem when you are asking for recommendations and you're solving problems for that leader when you recommend the things to, cr- to fix the issues that are at hand today. See, we, we got to help clarify the role of the senior leader as well as our own. The second one is we have to be a problem solver, not a problem creator. So that's kind of where we're at today. And uh, what I'm excited about is the next three things that I've created in my mind as what does it mean to be number two and be completely effective in it. And that's what it is. The first one is, so number one, clarifying the roles for the senior leader. Number two is being a problem solver, not a problem creator. And number three is be effective in delegation. Now, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this one today, but you can go back to the episode, I believe it's number uh, nine, and excuse me, and number nine, and look, listen about delegating effectively. But number two has to be effective at delegating. Why? Because you're responsible for everything. Oh, underneath you, you're responsible of everything. If you don't delegate properly and learn the art of it delegating, it's going to create problems for you as well as that senior leader. I, I'm just going to tell you, okay, I had two types of leaders in my life, my, my father-in-law and my mother-in-law, who are, are my, my pastors, and I served under Jimmy Squires for many years, and then I served under Marty Squires for many years as the senior leader, both of them, and they had two different types of leadership. They had two different ways of doing things, two different mindsets, and at some points in my leadership of number two, I had to submit to both of them and discern some of this. Delegation was hard for me uh, because sometimes I didn't get clarity. I didn't understand. I didn't know exactly what they were doing. You know why? Because most senior leaders will bark an order, order, but they won't give you detailed instructions. They will not sit there and break it down line upon line, bullet point upon bullet point. They're going to give you the minimal information uh, and have a hard, and they're going to have a hard time giving you the detailed instructions. Why? Because they're not interested about the how so much as they are get it done, right? They just want it done. And sometimes because they're not really good at delegation, what happens is they want you to get it done, but then they want to interfere with how do you get it done? They don't want to tell you how until you start doing it. Listen, I, I'm, I'm from experience now. They're, they don't, they're not interested in the how until you start, and then they don't like how you're doing it, and so they want to interfere. Again, you got to take them back to clarify their role. You gave me the instruction. You gave me the task. Can you be like Jesus for me and let me go do it, and I'll meet you at the end? That's Luke chapter 10 out of the delegation, uh, delegating effectively episode. And you got to learn. But here's what you have to learn how to discern what they're saying, 
how to take their minimal instructions and break it down detailed to the rest of the team members. The, the best second-in-command uh, people in any organization, what will happen is they'll begin to see uh, the, through the lens of two different lenses. They'll see a nearsighted and a farsighted. Farsighted is the overall vision. Nearsighted or vice versa is, is what's happening in the day-to-day. It's, you start seeing in two different lenses. Is What happens with this best number twos is they know the heart of the senior leader and they understand how to get everybody under them to do the work to accomplish the goal. Delegation isn't just assigning a task. It's also uh, uh, conveying the heart behind the why, not just the what. And when we understand the why, when we can get the why out to the people and we can discern what the senior leader is telling us and why we're doing what this we're doing and we get the vision of the senior leader of what they're casting to us, we've now been effective in delegation. We don't need the senior, the best number twos in the world, in my opinion, don't need a ton of detail from the senior leader because you have gained the heart of the senior leader. You've got that spirit. You've got you've taken that mantle upon yourself. You've walked in this in such a way that you already know what they're wanting. You already know what they're doing. You already know what they expect. And it's not from experience. It's because you got it. You feel it on the inside of you. Deep down in your bones, you got the overall vision and you're seeing what they're seeing and you're behind them and you're loyal to them. And because of that, now watch, I don't need them to give me details. I don't even need them to give me a ton of instructions. I need to get the the overall, what's the goal? And I got it, sir. I got it, ma'am. And then we go to the team and we, and we effectively delegate to those that have strengths with us, as well as taking the weaknesses of people and empowering them. The effective delegation, again, listen to what I'm going to say, you're second in command, but you're still an effective leader. You're a senior leader and you have to empower people. And empowering people is communicating to them what you expect from them and empower them to go do that, right? That's what we look at it. Part of that delegation is to push the responsibility of decision-making to the lowest level possible in any organization. And that, that not only goes for the senior leader, but it goes for the second person in charge, is you have to recognize what are the decisions you should be making, but where are you should be empowering people below you and under you. That's part of effective delegation, is, is pushing the responsibility all the way of decision making to the lowest level of the people around you. Do you, do you understand what that means? You know, um, <clears throat> what that looks like is is it, you don't need to choose toilet paper. You don't need to choose what type of bottle of water, or what kind of air freshener, or or you know what kind of uh, offering baskets in a church, or uh, the envelopes are, are simple. They're not they're not major decisions, and somebody underneath you should be able to. Uh, to make some of those decisions. So that's what I'm trying to get to understand is be effective in delegation uh, and not just uh, say, well, I didn't know or they didn't tell me. I Personally, a second person in sh- command should never have a response of, I was unsure. I didn't get it unless they're developing, unless they're growing in second person. But those of you that are successful, you don't need complete details because you've asked God to put the spirit of your man or woman upon you, the mindset, how you would do it. You get the overall vision. You're seeing through the lenses of two different perspectives, the overall and the day-to-day, and you're able to make those decisions completely, right? You, you got to create. Here's how you effectively delegate. Watch. Create the update report times with IIR, issues, impact, and recommendations, even from lower level, 
but also report of the progress. When you, have, when you completely report progress upwards, it makes them feel more secure in the ability to trust you as you are trusting other people, which leads me to the fourth point of being number two and being effective is this, report back regularly. I talk about delegation in, in episode nine, and I talk about that the, is you got to resist the anxiety of not knowing from senior leaders. One of the best way that number two people can help them delegate is to make sure they're aware of what's going on. Not that they need them to change it, because we remember we clarify those roles, but we need them to understand what the progress looks like. You have to report back regularly. That means you're getting direct reports from under you that are in turn are reporting to the, to the senior leader. What does that report look like? Now, this is where it gets, in my opinion, Every leader's different and what they expect is differently. But let me just tell you from Terry's perspective, you know, my greatest concern is I don't want to be kept in the dark. When we have a special event, we have something going on, we have a guest speaker, we have something new. Some, I just want to know, just simply say, hey, pastor, we have it all taken care of. This person, that person, that person, it's done. I'm a two thumbs up guy. That's all I need to know. I hit the like button on my text message. I, as long as I know in advance that it's all done, I'm not thinking about it. If I haven't heard from my team, I'll, send the, I'll simply just send them a text. Hey, just checking in. Why? Because that unknown is an anxiety issue. It's a stress issue for a senior leader, hoping that everything's going to be good. But if I don't know, so what you have to do is report back regularly. Don't keep them in the dark, right? It's, it's don't, you know, uh, their question is that senior leader, is they're saying, what's going on? Who's taking care of it? Who's responsible for this? They're, they're looking not for the how, they're just wanting to know that everything is taken care of. And if you can just simply shoot a text, my personal opinion is shoot the email or a text message and just say, hey, pastor or sir or ma'am or whatever it is, dot, dot, dot. Use simple and concise, you know, simple and concise reports. Look, re failure to report to the senior leader will cause them to poke around into your, your business. They'll meddle in your business. They'll ask you questions. You're going to get frustrated thinking, I got this. All of they're doing is saying, I don't know that you got this. I, I'm The buck stops with me, not you. I've empowered you, but it ultimately stops with me. So all they're asking is just report. And don't get complaining when they ask. And they're asking, then answer, and they're done. But you, if you're not reporting properly, they're going to uh, start asking that question. Most second people in command will scream, man, about communication. They're not communicating with me. I don't know what they want. Well, the pendulum swings both ways. Uh, second in charge, right, is if you're not communicating up and they're not communicating down, don't get upset. Don't get frustrated. How do you do that? You mark a time every week to communicate everything that you need to communicate, whatever that is, to your senior leader or every few days to your senior leader, whatever they need you to do, and you help them just move and do what they're supposed to do. Here, here's things that like for me. This is what I did as the second in charge. I found it effective for two types of leaders. Number one, is this what I would report? Number one, I'm going to update them on past projects. Be very simple and concise. Real quick, here's what we did. Here's what's going on. This is where we're at. I also share minimal info on problems, not the who's, but the what's. I would always tell them this is what we encounter, not who, because I don't really need the senior leader to be bogged down with the who. I just need them to know we had a problem. But then I'm going to present with the problem, this is the solutions that we have implemented. 
which means I know what you're doing now. Don't mean I have to do. And there's certain things second people in charge should be able to resolve without any approval. And then the thing is, is I'm going to update them on the progress of that solution that we implemented. Did it fail? Did it work? Are we about out of the doghouse? Are we almost out of the hole? What does that look like? Then I'm going to do this as the update is here's the here's the estimated time until it's all completely resolved. This is what we're looking for. We're almost done. We got two more weeks and it should be taken care of. Ah, perfect. As long as we're moving forward, right? And so then the last one is announce when everything is completed. Let them know when everything is completed. This is reporting back. Don't leave them hanging like, oh, um, uh, did that get done? Did this get done? No, because now they're thinking about something that they shouldn't be thinking about because it's already been done for two weeks. Announce it to them. It just takes a few minutes to shoot a quick text. And then watch, only report on people when there is a change or a need for change. And that's the thing. The reason why is the senior leader doesn't need to be walking around complaining about or understanding or wondering about who's with them and who's not. If they're still on board and they're still on staff and they're still on the team, we're working through some problems and we're working through some issues. If we need to change them and kick them off, let them know so that they're not embarrassed when they go to talk to them about their assignment, right? These are, these are the things we report. We report the not the who's, but the what's, and then the who is only when we need to change it or we need them to step into it. Okay, let, me, let me just pick you back up. Look, number one is watch. You've got to help the senior leader clarify their role as well as yours. You've got to be a problem solver, not a problem creator. You've got to be effective in delegation. Again, go back to episode nine and listen to that whole one on delegation. You've got to report back regularly. And the last one is this. This is, this is the biggest one for Terry, and I left it for last for this reason, is what you have to assert your viewpoint but you have to champion the decision. This is a hard one for most people that have authority. We feel like, because we have been given authority, that our authority, uh, we should just run with it and everybody should just do what we tell them. We have an opinion. Our opinion works. It matters. Uh, our words are weight. But the reality is we have to champion the decision of the senior leader, not just our own viewpoint. But what does this mean? It means you're not a yes man. I, I don't want yes men. I told the staff on and the team around me is I don't need you to be my yes man. I don't need you to agree with everything that I, I want to do or everything that we should do. And I don't need you to agree with all of the stuff I say. I need you to respectfully assert your viewpoint on certain things and your opinion on things. Uh, but ultimately, if the buck stops with me and I make a decision, just champion that decision. Just go with it and take it as yours. You know, this is what we're doing is we're partnering with our senior leaders and we're offering viewpoints and we're offering other opinions and assert those when asked. Right. And put those in there. And see, here's the thing. Second people in charge. It's not because you've been hired to be that. It's because you've been entrusted with that position. That means the weight of your words to the senior leader matters to them. You have to realize that. I knew that every time I would bring something to my leadership and, and behind closed doors, that when I presented it to them, that it was going to be weighty, that they would take it. They would, they would take it into consideration. They would pray about it. They would think about it. They would handle that recommendation knowing that they can trust me because I've proven myself over time that maybe what I'm saying, because I know the temperature of everybody that we're working with and my recommendation could possibly be the answer to the easiest resolve. 
a lot of times, I would say 80% of times, my recommendations were given the approval without them even considering anything else. Why? Because I'm not a yes man, but I championed their decisions even when they weren't my decisions. And that's the whole thing. The, 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 the role of the second in the command is not just to fulfill their duties, because, but it's to be trustworthy. It's, it's not just based on longevity, but it's really in the day-to-day operations to offer recommendations to the senior leader. However, watch, take the senior leader's decision and champion it. Make it your own. It doesn't matter if you don't like it. It doesn't matter if you don't agree with it. If it's morally and ethically and biblically sound, run with it as if it was your own. That's the role of a second person in charge. That's how you are effective in it. Don't bucket. Don't go talk to your wife or your husband about it. Don't go talk to your team lead, team members about it. Don't complain about it. Don't say, well, this is what the, the leader wants, but I, you know, I'm just not all for it, but we're going to do it because we just work here. No, man, that's not effective, and it's not enjoying it. It's understanding that they are the ultimate the buck stops here. They ultimately have to make the decision. And my job is to help them fulfill what God's called them to do. That's enjoying and that's being effective. Watch, listen, your viewpoint as the second person in charge is going to carry tons of weight with the senior leader. Why? Because you've proven yourself. They've asked you to step into this position. And when you understand and you start championing everything that I do, if I'm the senior leader, when my leadership told me to do something and I didn't agree with it and voiced the opinion that I didn't agree with it, but when they saw me champion it from the pulpit, from the announcements, from leading the teams, the team people around me didn't understand, didn't know that I didn't agree with it because I championed their decision. Watch what happens. I become the effective one. My weight to their life and my words to their life becomes even greater. Here's what it really boils down to as I begin to lead upwards rather than lead, just wait for instructions. I'm now a leader as the number two in charge. I'm demanding respect, not because I expect you to respect me, but because I've proven myself to be respectable to other people. Listen, here's how you become number two effectively and enjoy it. You have to assert your viewpoints. You can't just be a yes man. But ultimately, this is the key factor to me. This is what Terry Lentz got learned and became a great number two and very successful, I think, uh, is that I championed every decision, whether I agreed or disagreed with it. This is what it means to be number two and enjoy it by being effective in it. Number one, this is how you do it, is you help clarify the senior leader's roles, that which is in turn clarifying your roles. Push them and value, to value the greater cause for themselves is the overall vision. Number two, be a problem solver, not a creator. Send recommendations, not the problems. Tell them what the issue is. Give them what kind of an impact it's going to be, but recommend a minimum of two things, in my opinion, that they can choose from where they don't have to think about it. Be effective in delegation. Again, go back to episode nine and listen to the, uh, the one on delegation. Report back regularly. Don't leave them in the blind. And the last one is this. Assert your viewpoint, but champion the decision. Hey, 
That's my thoughts for you. Those of you that are in the number two position, second in command, I pray that you'll take these things, you'll apply them to your life as you need them. And listen, let God put the anointing upon you to propel your leaders into all that God has called them to do. Again, I'm Terry Linscott, host of the Anointed Leadership Podcast. If this content is adding value to your life and helping you, I pray that you would share it, you would leave a comment, you would hit the subscribe button, you would give me a review or uh, uh, rate this with a five-star. Until next time, I call you blessed and may the anointing of God increase in your life to do all that God's called you to do. Connect with Terry on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts to help this message reach more people so together we can create anointed leaders all over the world. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, we're believing God with you and for you that whatever you put your hand to will prosper in Jesus' name.